I won't do it intentionally, but I'm kind of a goofball and I'm a little squirrely today. Okay. But that should not concern you really. <laughs> I like squirrely though. Okay. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't I, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. You make me a little nervous. I'm nervous yeah. too. No. I'm totally nervous. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, so I might make you feel a little uncomfortable today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but better than nervous. it's just me, right? It's just, it's just me. I'm just sniper. I'm just a goofball. Hey, thanks for joining me on Niver Niverland Season 4, Episode 2. Sometimes you get to meet your heroes. And today, I'm meeting one of mine. She's an inspiration. She shows us details and excellence and a level that's not necessarily anything anybody else could achieve. She's inspired me numerous times and still does. I love how she provides an environment of romance and excellence and superior quality. And she is Jamie Malone, here today with us on Niver Niverland. This is Niver Niverland. This is Jamie Malone. And I am so happy to have you here today. Welcome Thank to Niver you. Niverland. I'm so my, happy to be here. Thanks. My goofy little show. When did I meet you? I don't know when I met you. I have a couple of recollections that I think were like the first time that I met you. And I think it was in a bar. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Do you have any recollection when we first encountered each other? I feel like I followed you and knew about you for so long before I met you that there's not a distinction of having, you know what I mean? I yes. just have like known about you for so long. Yes. And, and like think- you put yourself out there so much that like you can really feel like you know you without knowing I do. you yes, i do you do <laughs> <laughs> i people don't know anything about me this is just how i am out here on, on the on the stage no no i am uh wondering about you and your mysterious nature too and that's kind of how i see it like i may be out here and then you might be like the opposite and so i'm kind of always trying to get a bead on you know who who Jamie is a little bit. I'm, I'm very right shy. It. I'm super shy. Okay. Yeah. I'll remember that today when okay. I try not to embarrass you. <laughs> um, so I think the first time I introduced myself to you was in this bar after an event. Most everybody that you know was in your circle and my circle at the time were there. It was Tim McKee. It was Eric Anderson. It was Ryan Cook. And I think this is like right after food and wine or whatever it was. And I walked up to you in the bar. I'm like, I'm saying hi. I'm saying fucking hi to Jamie alone. So there she is. And here's everybody else that's a superstar, you know. And I'm I'm kind of putting it together now because when I came over to say hi, I'm like, Jamie, hey, I just I just wanted to congratulate you on how awesome everything's going and i'm just like so pleased that it's you and and you're like thanks and then you go this is ryan cook (laughs) that sounds about right (laughs) 
let's put the attention on someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I introduced myself to you, and then you deferred to Ryan Cook, who is also so fucking awesome. And that yeah. was my first time meeting Ryan. And so I get it now. I get I get it. Right. Well, it was also you're congratulating me for this accomplishment, but Ryan was my partner, you know, my sous chef, but not a sous, like we're partners in that together. Yeah. Um, and so it never felt right to be the singular person behind that award. And Nobody so does like, this alone. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a lot of it and being shy and awkward. <laughs> um, I love that part. Are you clumsy too? Ah uh, yes. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so adorable. I'm and then <laughs> when I get tired, everyone like if I'm overworking myself or getting tired, like I'm gonna fall and hurt myself. It's just a matter of when. So that's like a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get it. I'm. I'm really. St- I already know you now. Now. Now I'm like I get it. Right. So, but also you're kind of. I, I read something about you and you say, you know, part of you is rock and roll too, right? Oh, yeah. So that's shy. Maybe is that the unshy part of you, the rock and roll part? I think you can be shy and be rock and roll. Shy and rock and roll? Well, I think, are you tying like shyness together with a lack of confidence or like no. a, like, yeah, I don't know. You can be shy and rock and roll. Okay. No, yeah. No, I'm not yeah. saying lack of confidence at all. Yeah. I like, like, I like that. I just, sometimes, but they're kind of opposing being shy and rock and roll just seemed a, 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 like the opposing it. But look at the replacements. They just stared at their shoes all day. I love it. You know? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. What am I? At my age, I'm probably classical music. I'm not rock and roll at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I watched football last night, which I never do. And Ozzy Osbourne was the halftime show. No way. I yeah, and was... I was like, dude, he looks great. Really? He was like sick for a while. He looks awesome. They showed like 10 seconds. I was like, I like football. This is rad. And then they cut out to like the commentators. I was like, what are you doing? You have Ozzy Osbourne. On stage. <clears throat> on stage being amazing. He was the first guy to probably, he ate bats before Zimmern, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was eating bats before Bourdain and anybody who was doing any of this shit. <laughs> Ooh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like Smazi. Like, I can get down on that. I don't, I don't, I don't know, like, really, I'm not a classical, I'm a, I, I would listen to classical music, but I'm kind of this weird, like, I, I don't listen to much specifically at all. I listen to everything and I know no lyrics. I can't memorize lyrics for anything, but I definitely drive around with the music loud. And it's usually now some sort of modern psychedelia, something like that. Ooh. Tame Impala, yes. Rangbin. I think that's. I'm think, on that path with you. It's good, right? Yeah, so good. God, and yes. it's chill, and also has a beat at the same time, and it's moving you along. I love that. That's this, probably who. That's that's my musical type. Yeah. Um, would you think that I'm shy? No. I'm shy. You are. Yeah. Well, maybe not shy. Yeah. But I'm somewhat introverted. Like at the end of the day, I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to go home. Yeah. And I on can- my time off, I kind of cocoon. Yeah. So I'm not like, I don't go out much. I like being out, but I don't go out much. I go to like one place and I sit there and I drink cold tequila and it's really nice. And that's it. Yeah. Is that what you do? What do you do? Do you go out? Do you party? Um, Do you party hard? Oh, no. Uh Uh-uh. No. (laughs) Mm -mm. Did you used to? Um, not really. I mean, 
kind of, but not like, I don't know. It was more circumstantial, I guess. Not really. I don't know. I kind of been a question. party boy like the whole time. Is that because of restaurants or is that, would that occur even if you weren't in restaurants? <laughs> yeah. I, it's probably helped me along in restaurants. It's part of my personality a little bit, kind of like, you know, help the environment along a little bit, yeah. a little humor, you know? Yeah. And I'm just realizing sometimes I use, I mean, I use humor as, as my cope. Like it's the way I cope with everything is trying to be funny. So, you know, it's just, it's kind of a weird thing, but it's also like not the worst thing either. Does it feel weird to you that <clears throat> like the, the person that you present is just this kind of like part of this duality? So do you feel like people sort of kind of misjudge a little bit of that they don't know me exactly yeah i don't know what i put out is what i put out is genuine and and so i don't think i'm misperceived yeah i just um in social situations i'm really good because i'm practiced but um it's not always what i would choose because it's where i've been you know like but people like it used to be that I worked five nights a week and I would say that people would say to me, you know, hey, man, you know, you're going out. You know, they think that that we have this life, that that we have this rock and roll life. Right. And, we, you know, it's not necessarily true. We're fucking tired after taking care of you. Like <laughs> yeah. I talk about the cake thing where like you get up every morning and you have a cake. Right. And and I, and a service person gives out a piece of cake a bunch of times during the day. And I don't know what kind of cake you're going to have left when you get home. You know, we all should have a little cake when we get home. Yeah. And I feel like I give away a lot of my fucking cake. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. I think it's just kind of like tapped. Like I'm having a hard time eating gluten because I've eaten too much of it too. Like I think, I think you just get full of stuff and that's kind of it, you know? And that's where I think that's a little bit of, you know, some of the stuff that I deal with, with a career that I've been doing this for so long. It's like some of the stuff you do with is like that the longevity piece and trying to keep it going and stay happy the whole time, right? You know, it's hard. Yeah. All right, enough about me. You. Oh, I almost got in a little, Eric Anderson kind of pissed me off that night that I met you. Oh, that sounds about right also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love Eric, but yeah. Me too, <laughs> me too, but the fire there. So I was like standing really close to Tim McKee and we were talking about stuff and all of a sudden Eric just comes and like kind <laughs> of like, you know, with his big barrel chest kind of mm -hmm. like rolled through in between us. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? And he just kind of walks over the bar or whatever. And Tim McKee, I look at Tim McKee, I go, what the fuck is up with your boy, man? He's like, that's how that's he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what you said. There's like such a duality there, too, because like that's how he comes off. And then he's actually one of the most caring. I mean, he's a total asshole. He can hi Eric if you're listening. He's a total asshole. But he's also like one of the most sweet, tender people at ever. the same time yeah yeah well yeah i've seen that forever the roger i don't know if you remember roger from aquavit if you were around at the time but in the kitchen no 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 like wow i didn't i didn't want i stayed out of the kitchen when he was running it you know and marcus was there is a little easier to be in the kitchen or whatever but then you go out with roger afterwards and he is just like ah you know like singing songs and shit you know but yeah. it work that shit's hard to pull off anymore like it's hard to be an asshole Nowadays, I mean, it's harder to be. It's asshole. harder. It's always been hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And I don't think it's chefs do that, have that kind of persona in the kitchen because it's a way of kind of keeping things in control. It can be in a bad way or a good way. 
but like it's exhausting to constantly confront people oh i want this done a little different a little better like that it's not it's just keeping things on track you know and if you let down your focus and you become soft for a minute or crack a joke or whatever the whole team can lose focus but it's fucking tiring yeah you know and then i think you get a little older and you're like you recognize like oh maybe i made someone not feel super great and that's an okay thing right it's, we don't all have to make each other feel great all the time that's an okay thing but then you kind of like eh, well that's not fun yeah <laughs> that doesn't feel good yeah for me either so you like for me it's all of these trade-offs like how much more softness do i let come through knowing that there's going to be a trade-off because there just is so it's like this balancing thing. But I can see that. Like at work, you're this. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, hey, we're buds. <laughs> so easy to be your friend now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can't wait till after work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back, I do kind of miss, miss some of that. Well, I miss being in fine dining myself. Like I miss, I miss kind of carrying myself a certain way and dressing a certain way. And, you know, the old kind of military kind of turn away from the table that I used to do, which was like too much. But, you know, it, it was it was kind of consuming, you know, I was thinking about the sauce spoons that we used to use and some, you know, just some of the, you know, just some of the little things that just like elevated and I, and I miss all of that. So to hold that standard then and that level is really hard. And I think nowadays people have changed a lot, right? Cooks have changed a lot. You know, and I think it's a little harder to manage. Yeah. That's one of the pieces people don't consider as much when they're like in the industry. Like who's like a really good manager of people? That shit's hard. So hard. You can know a cooking technique, but that doesn't mean you can talk to somebody and pass that on to them <laughs> and then have them recreate that a thousand times in a row perfectly they're or, completely different yeah, yeah skill sets yeah completely different skill sets we are yeah. working with awesome people nowadays and we're trying to teach them our craft from the beginning that's really emptying a lot of chef's tanks around here but it's it's what's necessary yeah. to keep this all moving and you though with what you're doing in your studio that's a controlled environment huh mm-hmm oh. Wow, that looks like a dream to me. I'm trying to build it to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a lot of it. Of It's small and contained. And I don't want to like misuse the word controlled. Uh-huh. But it's just an environment where, I mean, there's all these layers to it, right? Like it's in c- controlled in that I don't have to be open six nights a week. I can have a tiny payroll. I can have a tiny core team. I mean, my overhead is small. So I get to choose what we want to do. So that's the best oh, piece yeah. of control yeah. right there. Not having overhead is the best control. Put, putting yourself in a position. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, you know, when we choose the events we want to do, we get to make them super special. So you get to kind of pick through, not necessarily pick through. That's probably yeah. <laughs> I'm not drowning in intake over here. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you, but you're like designing something specific and cool every time. And, yeah. and potentially different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're working with the city right now. I'm starting plans to build out a kitchen there so we can get, because right now we're a little bit limited. We can only do private events. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I rebuild the kitchen, we can sell ticketed events again. So we're like kind of in this territory where we're we're doing just a lot of like weddings and things like that. So we get to, but it's, there's not a night where I can be like, oh, let's, let's do a langoustine and sherry dinner, you know, but Mm. next year. Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah. 
Oh, I love it. Yeah. And yeah. I love the setup. Like, I haven't been, but I want to come. And I love the setup and the stairs and just the way that things look. And it's, is that a true kind of depiction of your your personal style in there? Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it is. Like, I'm like you. Like, I like to design things myself. And I am always, you know, I always have financial constraints because I don't like a lot of financial risk. I don't really like partnerships in business or financial ones at least. Um, and so I don't want to use the word scrappy, but there are some elements of being scrappy. But I also think that's, for me, gets the most authentic results. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like if you look at Grand Cafe, you know, <laughs> like I made the booths at Grand by hand. What? Yeah, they're like tied together with butcher twine. It's just totally, <laughs> total garbage. Not those cool wooden ones, but like the, the banquette things. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so Grand, I was wanting to honor that space. And now we have this. It's actually, it's huge. It's 5,000 square feet. It's like this big white oh my box. God. It's huge. So I'm trying to honor that. It's bigger than the this. space. Yeah. This is like three max. It's this and then there's a whole front room. It's humongous. That's so cool. Yeah. So I'm just trying to honor the space. And also my first year I signed or, you know, when I first moved in, I signed a year long lease, which was what a blessed like I got to have proof of concept without commitment. Yeah. Um, And so we it's beautiful. Like it's how I want it. But I didn't like dump a bunch of money and effort. I mean, it's right. super cool. Yeah. But will we keep making it cooler? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's yeah. awesome. And yeah. I remember we we rented this space across the street here where Big River Pizza is from the city and they own the building and whatever. And it, the deal didn't work out. And the city of St. Paul was really nice working with us. They let us out of the lease. And we came right across the street to here. And we walked in. And we're like, oh, shit. Studio, like, lofty space like this. You, you don't, you know, with windows like this, you don't really have to do much, you know? Exactly. But also there is like a... You know, there is like an elegance in being in sparseness and and, and all it like and clutter too. Like if, if you can pull it off, but I like the simple stuff. I like the simple, clean lines. I love Swedish design mm-hmm. and how close to like uh, Japanese. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so there's just certain aspects of places you walk in. I've seen pictures of Kaluna, and I'm like. It's gorgeous. Fuck. Yeah. Like how much like did arches that cost? and roundness. I also have an aversion mm-hmm. to risk. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But all risk or just certain types of risk? I like risk. Yeah. But I don't like debt. Yeah, that's where I that's yeah. I like risk, I don't like debt. But yeah. you know, like I see people pull off these huge projects and I'm like, holy shit, that is a different level. Like you know, yeah. Muji's well, is forty-four seats, dude. You know, like you can see the whole room. I love that part. Sometimes we're similar in that way because I'll look at people who, okay, we're going to put five million dollars into a project. You know, you're, you know, there's a you're not putting that money in if you don't know there's a great chance there's going to be a return on your investment. And usually there is, and it's really great when you have that much money to start with. Your chances are pretty good of things yep, going well. You set it up, you know, but. And so sometimes I'm like, God, I wish I could be that type of business owner that was like, let's just fucking go for it. Like, let's get a shit ton and just like do it. But that's not the kind of one, that's not the kind of business that I want to work in. You know what I mean? Like, 
And I can't really identify what about my personality doesn't want that, even though I'm like a little envious of it. Like, I just, I don't know. That doesn't feel like me. It doesn't feel like you. Yeah. I just want things to grow, but like very stably, very (laughs) organically, very like, not that those other, they're totally, I'm not saying it. I'm just. It's like just for me, for it to be authentic, it has to be a little like a little more down home, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I feel that way. And you're about you talk a lot about connections. And I just think there's an intimacy that you want, uh, that you provide, that you, you know, share with people. Uh, I think I read that you're a romantic. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is seen and felt and palpable, you know, having been in where you work. Um, mostly Grand Cafe. You know, Sea Change is the type of operation like we're talking about that was an operation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was yeah. really nice and crazy. But, you know, you got a pre-theater crowd and I don't know how many 300 sat down before. A, yeah. So, you know, you're yeah. you're compromising to for time. Yeah. You're cranking. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a level. It's a cool level. But also... You know, the, the place was in was it intimate, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. No, it's not intimate. It was, I don't know, but but it was nice. But you know what we would do there? We would, if I remember one time, um, I think it was Stephen Brown came in for his anniversary with Stacy, and of course I'm like totally freaking out to cook for Stephen. But um, there's that beautiful patio in the back yeah. that overlooks the river. One of the most beautiful places in the city. Doesn't get used enough. But so post show, we got to really take special care of people. But um, we would send them out to the back patio alone, just two people for their dessert and like hand rolled cigarettes and like try to find little romantic, you know, touches little pockets. along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I one of the. One of the stories, it's the favorite. It's not, it's not a fine dining story, but it's an experience story. It was, uh, it was in Valladolid, Spain, and I, was with, I had a Japanese roommate at the time. And it was kind of a rainy, blustery day. This is kind of north central Spain. Kind of a rainy, blustery day. I was there January to November or whatever. So it's like March, shitty day. And we kind of skipped out of afternoon class at the Universidad, right? And we're walking home, and it started to rain. We're in some weird plaza. I don't. I don't really know. I don't think I ever hung out there. Well, anyway, we walk into this uh, bar to get a beer. You know, so like you know, dos canas, and we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, this little kind of clay terracotta pot came to me, and it had. It was a big piece of like crunchy fat on top, in a broth, and I'm like, I didn't even really know what to do, and he's he goes like this. And I take it and you put your finger on the fat and you sip the broth from underneath. And at the end, you just eat this <laughs> melt in your mouth fat. And you're just like, what did I just eat? And it was like, it was part of the, I will always remember that story because it was the rain. It was the by chance. It was the kind of whatever, you know, and this happened and it wasn't asked for. It was yeah. considered before I got there. Mm-hmm. And it was a part of the whole element of the day and the memory. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're expressing something to you. Yes. That's so deeply personal to them. Yes. They're not 
Like they're not doing it to make money. No. <laughs> they're doing it to share. Yes. I love that so much. Yeah. So things like that kind of blow me away. And those are, I think, the experiences that I miss. You know, not having, say, a little finer place, right? Like we, we're, we're still replacing silverware here and at Moochie's, right? And somebody's, you know, I get comments sometimes like, oh, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, because I'm, I'm hanging on to what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I get it. You know, that's an extra wash. The washer is going to go through anyway. I, I, I get I get the environmental factors. Right. And we've sometimes like if I see people kind of wanting their silverware not to go, I'll offer. May I replace your silverware and plates? And they'll say no. All right. So I'm still giving them a way to understand that I'm looking at them saying, I want to help you. I want this to be neat and clean for your next course. I want. I want all these things, but you know, Mooches isn't, you know? I know, but how do we make those distinctions between that's fine dining? Yeah. I mean, to me, fine dining in on many levels, many, many levels is incredibly unsustainable. Like it's crazy that we even ever had a period where it was like, this works. <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's nuts. And that people could go and fine dine twice a week. I mean, at, I could go on about that, but like, which of the, which are those pieces from fine dining where it's like, I just want you to not have a dirty table. If you want to lean in closer, I don't want you to get your something on your sleeves Crumbing. or I want you to feel pampered. Yeah. You know, is that fine dining? I don't know. No. I don't No, it's like a level it of care. It's just yeah. a level of care and consideration. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be stuffy. Right. It doesn't have to be all those ways. It's just like I say, I think it's just those touches. Yeah. And are, are you like literally trying to connect emotions to your meals? Are you literally trying to connect like those feelings to, you know, be provocative? Like you're doing a special event and you're like, oh, I, if you learn something like, you know, inside baseball on the client or whatever, or are you going to kind of like, oh, wow, you remembered that I mentioned this in our first meeting, you know, like. You pick up on those things and kind of put them into these experiences, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, isn't that why we do what we do? Yeah. Because there's, <laughs> we got to have it. We got to have that. Yeah. Yeah. That pleasing part. Yeah. So fulfillment. Totally. I haven't looked at my notes once. Yeah. You I know, have so many fucking notes. <laughs> I have. And this is funny because I take notes like it's so chaotic. I take notes like you do. Like this. Your pages. I have Crazy. like, I probably have a couple different mental illnesses at work here. <laughs> my, yeah, if I pulled out my notebook, you'd be like, "All right, got it." But I there's there's like a, there's like a sense of order here to me. But there, but I don't think anybody else would be like, "Oh, the bug is Niver. What the bug is Niver thinking?" <laughs> there's like three different styles of handwriting there. Yeah, I love it. I um, I like your style too. Like, I like the way you're, I like the way you dress. I like your formality in the kitchen. Oh, thank you. I kind of wanted you to like come out and see me at the table a couple times, you know, like I wonder if she's going to come out to the table. Christy, my wife, is she going to come out to the table? Is she going to say, come say hi? <laughs> and it's okay that you didn't. Guess what? I still felt you like in, in everything that I got. That's a lesson I'm learning of that. Because my reason to not go out is I just want to create this cocoon and I don't want it to be about us or like what we're doing. Like, especially with Grand, I want it to be so romantic. I mean, I just, I wanted that restaurant to be so romantic. And everyone was like, you can't, 
no one wants to go to a roommate. And I was like, I don't care. Like, we're going to do this. But I never want to, like, disrupt it. And so my rule for everyone is always, like, if you're going to go out, you need to have an offering. Like, you need to have something. But I do shy away from that. But I am learning that it makes people feel good. <laughs> and that's really important. Yeah. You know? I'm always like, oh, my God, I'm so awkward. I'll go ruin their dinner. <laughs> you won't. Yeah, I promise you won't. That. I don't think you can. I don't think. I don't think that ever happened once. Okay. I don't think that ever happened once. And I think, and I'm not knocking you. This is not a knock. Like yeah. I get it. Like you don't have to come to my table. It's your place. You run it how you want to fucking run it. Yeah. And you staying back there always made that mystery even greater. You know. But I agree. You know, sometimes you have to like, like I'm doing. I'm doing all of this because. I need an outlet and I need to remain relevant. I need to talk to people who are also relevant. I need to have these conversations so I can kind of fill up with some of the things that I miss. You remind me a little bit of dining's past because you're such a classic kind of figure to the to the city. And I don't mean old. I just mean like one <laughs> of the best. And we can build around people like you in the city. And we have and other people have, you know, and the people that you worked with in the past are also amazing amazing yeah so like yeah. when i see you no offense i uh i see i i see some like i see your accomplishments all of all of them and i'm like wow you know that's fucking cool so that'll never go away and your what, what you perceive as your awkwardness is just charm to me oh, and i would you. say that that's how people see you is that it's charm and and you know you can always take your rock and roll to the table and just fucking <laughs> jam out on your rock and roll at the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so it's just so much easier to kind of, you know, maybe be told how you're perceived than, you know, per project what you're thinking people see. Because I do that a lot too. I am quite self-conscious as well. Like maybe I'm a narcissist or something. Sure. Like I say, I got a bunch of things going on. Like so. We're all kind of like trying to feel comfortable in our own skin while we do this and also be profitable and be real, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I want people to know who we are. Um, Paris Dining Club. Yes. Right. Yep. Super cool. That's the that's OK. I want to make sure I know. Yeah, exactly what's happening. Paris Dining Club. Is that the main deal right now? Is Petit Atelier or any of that? Petit Atelier was a little sub-brand. It's okay. disappeared. Okay. This is Rebranded as Paris Dining Club Studio. Great. So Paris Dining Club is in-home dining, meal kits, whatever we need, words we need to invent for, for yeah. what, you know, people are doing now. Yeah. But, you know, it's meal kits. But genuinely, like, the kind of food we served at Grand Cafe, I mean. Yeah. Tivier, we're going to do like a farce stuffed whole turbo and poppy oat next month. I mean, like very Beautiful. cool food. We put a ton of thought into it that it's centerpiece on the table. You don't have to prep anything like you're not going to mess it up. You're going to feel really proud. You're going to feel a little engaged because you did put it in the oven and pull it out and your kitchen smells great and you plated it. Um, and my intention with that is... I'd love it. I mean, we have a lot of people order for two like mm -hmm. every week, but I'd love to see more people order it for dinner parties. Yeah. Because I, I'm i in love with restaurants. I love restaurants, 
But I also think there's a level of intimacy that you get to have at home that's just different. They, you need both in your life. Yeah. And when you have to cook and shop and it be intimidated if you're gonna do it right or serve something, like it it's it makes it really difficult to do that. So my what I want is to be creating this thing that allows people these more special moments at home. Absolutely. And we really detail it out, like the packaging I model it after, like French lingerie. Like we're really How do you do that? Wanna all? Make it, it is so, so special. nice. Thank it, you. When you guys started this stuff at Grand Cafe, I was just fucking blown away. Like, I mean, the level of detail and just, I mean, wow, you know, so, so good. So good. I could never, I, I mean, I can think, I can see those details and be like, oh, makes perfect sense. But to like actually do the detailing and kind of make it all kind of consistent and stack right. Yeah. You know, because I know you're building a bag in a certain way too. Like every detail is considered the handle, you know, like what do I want it to look like? Totally. And so I, to I I love I love this this dinner party angle. I um I love the idea that that you get twos, you know, these deuces open these bags at home and like one partner can take care of the other. They can do it together and it's still cooking, but it doesn't take four fucking hours and you're not looking at the book because you've never done it before. You can't do a crust like this, you know. Yep. So it's like it's it's wonderful, amazing, super high level stuff. And and then you don't have to take the time to do it. So you could actually sit down and, you know, maybe concentrate on making a nice cocktail and sitting and listening to music. Exactly. Instead of, you know, the flower all over your apron type thing. And my whole thing, too, was no screens. Like, you can't need to look at a screen to execute this. Like, that's not that's not what we're doing. So no screens. But exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You know, we're like, maybe it's going to take a half hour in the oven. So, yeah, have a cocktail. Like, yeah. This is how Relax you do, this is how it. we'd re recommend you do your evening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm it's catered to like it. it's catered to your needs, you know, like not necessarily you have, your menu looks great. Your man, menu looks great. And it's nice that there's changes, you know, like you get to, you know, you know, still move and and be, you know, culinarily active in your brain. You know, you get to change the menu a lot at your whim. We're doing it monthly now. Monthly. Yeah. Well, still. I mean, that's great. But that was actually so we have the little side. I'm like, I'm working on all the brands. It's a little chaotic right now, but the Weekender brand yeah. is that was that. It's like when we really want to deep dive. Because when you're in the restaurant, right, like you might be, oh, let's do a French cider dinner. And then like, oh, I'm going to spend all this time. Like, I'm just going to make it so rad. I'm going to research everything about Normandy and I'm going to taste ciders. And, his, and then the time comes and you're like, oh my god here we go here's a menu i'm gonna do something i kind of already know how to do yeah. serve some ciders i already know about <laughs> and like like i didn't really learn anything and i just made things like a little bit more stressful for everyone mm -hmm. um and so the idea with weekenders like we actually it kind of goes back to that control thing too but like we actually have this chance to explore a topic in depth and this is our job as restaurant people distill down the pleasure and deliver it to our guests mm -hmm. so like we actually, our whole team flew out to Cape Cod. We went to Island Creek Oysters. We threw a clam bake on the beach. Like, it's the coolest thing ever. Created this content for it, but ultimately we created a print piece magazine. Mm. So you're looking through that. So again, like you're opening this box, but there's no screens. But, and then, yeah, like we but got to explore. You, you we even, got to. You brought them the panorama even. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And also we get to learn and explore and get story. really excited about something. So super cool. It's fun. I did a <laughs> I had a clam bake a couple times in my Egan estate. Uh I'm sure you've heard about my famous clam bakes. But uh I'm sure you haven't. But those <laughs> are the be- it's the best thing and it's an East Coast you know, I mean, I guess it's not just East Coast, but on the East Coast, my sister lives on Martha's Vineyard and they do it there all the time, of course, you know, that island life, right? Yeah. Um, I I did do it in, in Egan and I loved I loved it all, you know, kind of do like that base layer of seaweed and then I'd lay my lobsters down and then I'd um, have some chicken and sausage and i put that on top and potatoes and corn. Yeah. And then... Um, seaweed on top and i just close the lid like big grill like this like this oh, shit the best. and i just close the lid and walk away oh, there's nothing better and the and seaweed the, is magical the seaweed's magical <laughs> yeah it just like that's what you imparts use. everything with umami yes yeah it's the, that briny that briny and, and it's like part of this it's just the steam it's part of the steaming process right and it's yeah. just i love your grill smells like shit after that <laughs> yeah. seaweed fucking burns yeah. in it, though. I'll or the tell you, lobster like, shells. Yeah, I, go, I had to, like, you know, hose it out. It was really <laughs> yeah. bad. But yeah, do it at a park grill. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> and then, I know this probably sounds weird, too. But, you know, like, I, I would, after the, because it's a mess. So I would open the thing up, right? And I'd just start piling stuff into bowls. And the lobsters, I'm just, like, fucking pulling the pieces apart. You know, there's, like, lobster juice everywhere it was so much fun i had to go jump jump in the pool and kind of like i want to do a clam bake right now like so bad this is a good <laughs> time so of year to like that fall that fall feeling when you're on the beach with you know like a so real bad. fire and some other shit going on like some like like no sweaters. shoes and socks but you're like have a sweater and yeah. hat on yeah see <sighs> we can set the mood right here we yeah. can set the mood right here i know what i want you know I could take a trip with you and I'd totally get the weekender thing, you know, you know, and, you know, that hits that hit a uh, an accord with me because I, I kind of have a little, you know, that East Coast thing. And I also have I like the clam bakes a lot. It's so good. Uh, Minneapolis Club. Yeah. You're done there now. Done. How'd it go? Yep. Good. Good. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what it was room, pretty right? short lived. Mm-hmm. Room is amazing. I, I love all the. I just love everything that's old fashioned and it harkens back to you like of like we have the proper serve like everything is proper and everything is so intentional digging into the 70 years or whatever of Charlie's history like the way they marketed the way they threw parties Mm. I mean menu design probably you know and all of that yeah crazy shit yeah yeah crazy Mm -hmm. um so yeah it was really fun yeah it's like this archive of you know feelings like that old style I, you know, people, I think people are really trying to do things now that bring experiences to the table without people providing them, you know, in a way like, you know, something that's smoking or whatever, you know, like, you know, drinks and certain things. You know, people have to like really, really up the experience level. But you do it in such a classy way. You do it in such a classy way. What's the least classy thing that you do, Jamie? What's the least classy thing? Oh, God, there's a lot. Like work or personal, <laughs> oh, like okay, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I guess mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, do you, you know, you can't. It's like we have, we have all these lovely things that we like to do, but there is another side to that. Really. Oh yeah, I'm total trash. Yeah, yeah. 
I eat at Big Bowl in the mall a lot. Oh, I love Big Bowl. <laughs> like I love it there. When that was new, how's their calamari doing? Because I always used to go there and I loved their calamari and I love those. I love that. Yeah. How fresh, crunchy. There's something good. like there's it's just so easy to be there too. There's I'm not like thinking about ra- I'm just like whatever I'm in the mall. Dude, I think if I saw you at the mall, I'd be surprised. <laughs> hey Jamie, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go over to her burgers quick, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even shop. I literally go to the mall. That's what I'm saying. That's it. You go in the door. You don't go in the mall. You go right. Yeah. It's just right there, right? The one that's just right inside the door. Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I I eat a deli containers at home still. Like, yeah. Just habit. Things that do you eat standing up? Oh my God. Yeah. I hear that's horrible for you. So bad. Is it? Why is it bad? I mean, to not like sit down and enjoy your. Oh, I've enjoyed a lot of shit standing up. Well, I mean, I have too, but. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just that like there's something about it like i don't know when we deserve to sit down too? yeah 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 we yeah. do we don't get to it kind of runs pretty deep that we think we shouldn't sit down and enjoy some you know yeah. there's like that goes way deeper than just yeah, eating guilt- staff meal over a garbage can we get guilty about leaving the restaurant you get guilty about you know i don't know like having a day a weekend off yeah or a saturday to yourself well and too like a lot of your self-worth is about productivity and you know excellence whatever that means mm-hmm. or creativity and you just kind of forget like or like you're doing all these things to create things that others can enjoy and you kind of forget that oh actually what's going to make me best at this is if i also enjoy things like i think it's kind of easy to lose that piece of it yes. is that like would you agree with that absolutely yeah i literally have to schedule vacations six months in advance so that I can have that nugget out there waiting for me and I work to it. Yeah. And then I go to the fucking beach Mm -hmm. and I let my curls down. Yeah. And I sit there for six days or whatever. But I have to have a nugget like that waiting out there for me because I know there's a bunch of work on the way there. Yeah. So like I gift myself things like that. Yeah. And I try to like have that, you know, me thinking about what's coming to me you know it just in a vacation form mm-hmm. i find it very hard to take days off full days off when you're an owner mm-hmm. there's always kind of something monday's a business day for everybody we deal with other than people that are in our business mm-hmm. and that's okay right you know the responsibilities of that but also you know it's a lot well i also think you think if you for me it's a lot of work if i think if i stop working or take a day off that somehow like the business is going to fail. <laughs> right. Which is so, it does, it's not, it's so illogical, but I believe that so deeply, you know? With the team that you completely fucking trust. Oh my God. I trust them way more. I mean, I'm, uh, my brain is, I trust them so much more than I trust myself. <laughs> like, it's better if I just leave things alone. But, mm. like, I still, yeah, I don't know. It's like the financial fear. I, and they're, they don't make sense, but they're just there. Yep. Yeah. But I also like, I don't want to be thinking about, I think about time off in so many ways and I've had more time to think about it in the last few years. Like everyone, I don't like thinking of it as a reward because one way I like to think about it is part of the reason I'm bad at taking time off is because I love working and I love what I'm doing and I'm usually really excited about it. But I have to remind myself that if I rest, I'll be better to be working, you know, and doing my thing. But I'm also like, I don't know. 
the thing I'm trying to really think about a lot and like force myself to believe is that doing both, being like a human <laughs> and being a hard worker and trying to grow this business that is thriving and contributing and all of these things, like I can do both. Like it's really hard to, and like I deserve to do both. Yeah. Why is that? It's so hard. I mean, it's, it's hard. So hard. Everyone, no, you really, well, yeah, but you know, like I think it's just this mentality that we need to get out of and it's okay. You know, somebody called out for a mental day, um, uh, last week and I've, you know, I've never really, you know, had anybody put it like they put it. And I'm like, absolutely. You know, like we really need to ask for what we need. Um, and from ourselves. Yeah. And from ourselves. And that's really, really hard because we end up, you know, wanting to take care of everybody else the whole time. Yeah. So, and that's it too. It gives people around us permission. Yeah. To do the same. And we thing. have to set up our boundaries to make sure that we have time to or get some back. Yeah. And get some back. Yeah. Um, that's where I'm headed. I want to get some time back. Yeah. And I think maybe success for me, most of my career was related directly to the money I made. And I was thinking about how, you know, rolling out restaurants and having a big corporation and seeing what that has done for some of my mentors and how they've done well with it. But I've arrived here now, just like everybody has. And I'm like, okay, I've considered things and that's not what I want. Yeah. I don't only have five fucking restaurants anymore. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I like the two that I have. And I was like so lucky to have them still. I mean, this is ridiculously fortunate. But, you know, can't be my whole life. Right. Like kids can't be your whole relationship at home either. Like, you know, yeah. your wife. I mean, like they, you really got to protect a bunch of shit while you're doing this. Yeah. Being alive is exhausting. It's exhausting. It's yeah. really hard right now. <laughs> uh, what's this? Timothy Chamelet? Chamelet? Sham, Chamelet. Sham, Chalamet. <laughs> that that young boy actor. Anyway, he was talking about he was in Venice, talking about the, the how people are you know feel like there's a social collapse, you know, brewing, and he's like, it's really hard to live right now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna just fucking ignore that shit because I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta. I know you're an actor and rich and shit, but I gotta go to work. You know, like yeah. doesn't matter what doesn't matter what's happening. Kind of, you still have to, you still have to worker ant kind of things a little bit too right you know you can't just stop working no you got to oh, keep going no. like we're forced yeah. into this in a way right like you have to provide and i just i just think that paying for your your uh yourself is like a, a big deal like going back and and get pay yourself first like get a little bit of time yeah yeah okay Absolutely. moving on you said pithivier there's a bunch of french words on your menu that i that people probably uh i was looking up things that were hard to say a little bit. <laughs> do, do you speak fluent French? Mm -mm. Okay, I don't either. I think it's hard. I think I, Spanish I'm good at. Mm -hmm. I don't know Italian. Will de leave. Will de leave. Olive oil. Do you know that? Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I was like, and it sounds like, will you leave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm okay, this like, could what? be, yeah, convenient <laughs> misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I won't spend too much time on that, but eggs are called oof. Mm -hmm. And I find that one to be very funny. It's the best. Yeah. Oof. How do you say hair? <laughs> <laughs> I am not the expert. <laughs> how do you say hair? Hair Is that how you say it? I don't know. I, I don't either. I just know how to cook it. I, I, my aunt is a French teacher and um, lover, Aunt Martha. She's so cute. She's a French teacher for all these years. 
But I don't like how she says croissant because she does it like the French say it. Yeah. And, but she's not French, but she says croissant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. It's a croissant. Yeah. It's a croissant. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I won't get into that too much. It's Chantilly though, right? It's Chantilly. Mm-hmm. All right. There's just a couple things. I was trying to get you to say words. <laughs> not taking the Worcestershire. <laughs> nope. <sighs> okay. I saw you at a party in Aspen years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the parties I totally wanted to be at. I'm just saying. Like that looks like a fucking ball with all of those people. That was food and wine. Oh, yeah. Oh, those were. Yeah. Those were some cool parties. Right at the top of that. Yeah. The 212 house or whatever. For 212. Yeah. Yo. You go through like three security checkpoints. And then you get into this house and there's like. David Chang is just in the kitchen making oh, cheeseburgers. What? Yeah. And like. Yeah, I remember Thomas Keller walked up to me at one of those parties because I just won Food and Wine Best New Chef, whatever. And it was like the 25th year, so it's kind of a big deal. It's like, oh, there's 250 of us, you know? Like, it's this nice, like, square little number that's, like, feel whatever about it. And he walked up to me, and he was, like, congratulating me on it. And then he, like, he's a very touchy person. I don't know if you've met him, but, like, he's very, like, touchy. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he leaned in really close and he just goes, don't fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, the party is ruined. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Of of the people that you were with in food and wine in that year. Yeah. Who's who's the biggest star out of that other than you? Oh, they're all big stars. They're like they're all in the game still. Class, yeah. Yeah. And do you keep in touch with them like that? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but no, everyone's doing great. It's like Michael Vitaggio. Oh my god! Holy shit! Yep, Chris Shepard, Danny Boeing. um, Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, Wow. Yeah. Andrew Tyser and Michael Hudman. Like it was a really. I mean, everyone probably says that, but it was a really cool group of people. That's that was one of the Danny Boeing at the time was just. Oh, he was like a, a superstar. Yeah, and like like erratic and like kind of all over the place. L.A., New York, right? Yeah. Uh, does he, uh, is he still in both? Because uh, I, I think hear he's any, just New York now. Yeah. Because I don't hear, I don't hear, I don't hear a lot about Danny Bowen. I think went through some chaos. Yeah. Well, that happens. Yeah, it does. And people appear, they reappear, they disappear. Yep. This industry. Yeah. You know, when people just decide. Yeah. Uh, all right. That was great, but. Yeah. Um, He's fun to hang out with. I am sure. It's a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite city? Mm, New Orleans. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me why. Um, the energy of the people, mm-hmm. the food, just the realness of it. Yeah. Just the like, <clears throat> what happens when you don't have a lot and you... I don't know if I'm going to phrase this right, but like your deep humanity and level of like love and art and culture, like that's what forges your life. It's not of, it's not from having, mm-hmm. it's from like making. Yeah. And like, you can just like feel it in mm-hmm. that city. You know what I mean? And, and they've had to recover like, as much as anybody's had to recover. They have, you know, constantly getting knocked down, but still being so vibrant and kind of having, the things that make their culture vibrant, lift them back up, you know, the music, the food. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And And then there's just like a level of like, you know, kind of on another hand, but they're like not separate. Like when you're in New Orleans, it's like doesn't feel like two different things, but like 
levels of just opulence and like properness of things like Brennan's is one of my favorite restaurants ever because it's like so amazing but everything is just like so proper yeah i just i'm like i love it yeah i love it old school old school see i haven't made this too hard have i no this is easy okay this i'm gonna tell you i've always had a little crush on you now uh, does that make it feel weird well now i'm gonna turn red well i'm gonna turn red too <laughs> you're just like you know like i think chef crushes are like partly chef you know like that mysteriousness that i think i pick up on the romance that you provide you know and i like i like the things you talk about and you know like i like how different you are from everybody else those are attractive qualities thank you did i make it weird yet <laughs> i did i did that's okay it's okay all right best meal ever ever like compose like experience i don't know if i can answer that people have a hard time with this question i ask it yeah. all the time and everybody has because it's not like it's not like there's this one objective when you're dining out you know what i mean like it's, i don't know I'm going to think about this for a minute, but... Okay, I'm going to talk while you think about it. Think okay. about it for one second. I, yeah. I, I have one. Yeah, okay, tell me. And it is definitively... It's definitively the the thing that I... I it's the benchmark of all. Okay, so I worked for Marcus and Marcus and, and Hoken. And so um, at Aquabeat in this time, and I guess it was 2002. And Marcus says, will you go to Barcelona with us? And I'm like... Fuck. Yeah. yeah. I speak Spanish, you know, and it was the GM at Aquavit. He was taking me for a reason. It wasn't just because I spoke Spanish, but we'd had a nice year. We were in the top 50 in gourmet and he's like, let's go eat. So we get to Barcelona and we stayed for three nights or four nights or something like that. And they took me to El Bouilly. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So we pull up in a limo. To El Bouilly, and it's in this little town. I think it's called Roses, like roses or roses. And it's on this fucking cliff with this little, you know, veranda and everything you can imagine about the Spanish kind of like Mediterranean, all of the sounds and this kind of villa looking place. And we walked in and we're on the veranda for a few things. And we literally had a 35 course lunch and it was like four, three and a half hours, four hours. Yeah. And I've just never seen anything like this in my entire life. Never had anything comparable. Yeah. Not even fucking close. Yeah. After the meal. It was, it was about everything. It was about the emotion everything. of everything. Yeah. I was with Marcus. I was with Hoken. These guys have brought me along. It's like a groomed mental state before you even get there. Unbelievable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, bought, I bought a new suit. I knew where yeah. I was going. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so then after the meal, uh, Ferran invites us into the kitchen. And he's got the most gorgeous, that the sexiest furniture in there for this chef's table. And there's a tree that grows up through the kitchen. And everything was silent. Yeah. There's 20 people in there fucking cooking. It was silent. Dream. I could only hear Ferran. Yeah. And then a little bit of the, you know, like this and that. Yeah. So we sit down with Ferran and spend an hour oh talking God. with him at his chef's table. Yeah. And he brings out these petty fours, plunks them down. And I look at one and it's got a fucking fingerprint in it. And I'm like, I'm like hey, what is this? And he goes, that's my fingerprint. I'm like, 
That was my best meal ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. He truly is a genius. I mean, truly. Yep. So maybe you don't have I one. Can, I can think of a little. Oh, I wouldn't categorize like a best meal, but okay. this is sort of a um, like the power because I'm thinking about your experience and how much of it is your emotional state. You know, yes. the food's amazing, but yes. like all of the things that go into just you're just in this space of ex- being able to accept the pleasure, right? And like I think maybe a lot of people restaurant people and non-restaurant people don't understand the nuance that goes into getting you in that place Mm. but so this is a story about a little like a contrast so i was chefing at sea change and in my mind going to la bernadette would be the mecca of seafood yes i mean for most people right and i the way i approach life is always like well there's (laughs) I live in kind of a fantasy world and I just think there's like a version of everything that transcends everything else. And so unfortunately life is teaching me it's not that way, but whatever, I still believe it. And so I had believed that La Bruna Den would be this like transcendent, like I'll taste this fish and then I'll understand, even if it's unattainable, I'll understand what my objective is. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'll get it. And so I planned this trip to New York I went by myself because I think when I go, like if I'm really gonna like focus on dining, I like to be alone. And so I had booked, I went to Maria, it was great. And then mm. I, the next night um, I had La Bernadette booked and then 11 Madison Park. And this was kind of before 11 Madison was like super duper on the radar. I mean, it was on the radar, but like, and so I'm like, I don't know, I'm like 27. I look really young. I'm dining alone. I'm ordering like a thousand dollar dinner with wine pairings by myself. And they they were acting like suspicious of me. Like either <laughs> I was like confused about what I was doing or I couldn't afford it. Or I think they just were kind of acting like I must have been confused about what I was doing. Even though like, I mean, we as, you know, like you... As restaurant people, when people who know what they're doing walk into a restaurant, you can just kind of read it a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Sorry, everyone, but like we can read, we can read it. I know the things to do. I wasn't like tucking my napkin into my shirt. And so it was like, the, they kept like questioning me, like, are you sure you meant to order that? Whatever. It was <laughs> like, yo, the food was beautiful, but also like food can actually only taste so good, you know? And it was really, really beautiful. But, the pairings were stunning, but the experience was genuinely heartbreaking. Like I literally had a broken heart. Like when you, <sighs> when you're like, a, when you break up with someone and your heart is broken, if you physically feel pain, I physically went home to, to my hotel room and like laid in bed and cried because I was just so like, this was supposed to be my Mecca. This is what I'm like, believe in more than most things in the world is this you know pinnacle of fine dining and they like hurt my feelings and so then the next night i went to 11 madison and i'm walking up well first i like was wearing high heels which i can't really walk in so i like 
I walk there like a mile or like, I don't know, it was, I walk there in like <laughs> non-high heels and then I'm like outside the park like changing into better shoes. Like just like super like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm such a loser. And I walk up and they open the door and the maitre d' said, welcome chef. Like how the fuck did they know? I'm like a nobody, you know? But they like did the research, they paid attention, they knew I was dining alone. Just the emotional intelligence that goes into making sure I felt comfortable right off the bat. And it wasn't like, there's part of that that's like ego stroking, but also just part of it of like, I've genuinely felt like I was welcome there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the meal was just, of course, like incredible. Immaculate. Immaculate. But it was the, it was how they made me feel fr- from beginning all the way through the end. Whether it was like there was an element of whimsy to a dish or they just did things so well that you didn't need to, nothing else needed to happen. Or, you know, you go back in the kitchen there too. It's a little bit like, oh, you're, you're being processed a little bit. But still it's like they're just thinking about the whole yeah. emotional experience. Um, so just that like that contrast of like feeling so brokenhearted and then yep. feeling like so like okay revived. yeah like okay this does exist back to work i love it i'm inspired mm-hmm. like i don't have to give up on my whole career now <laughs> you know you sure didn't have to and you sure don't have to please yeah. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing you're killing it thank you um all right uh you coolest kitchen you've been in other than a place that you've worked like the coolest like, I love kitchens, you know? I love walking in and being like, how do they do this? How do, what's their setup? Like, design-wise? Yeah. Um, oh, I did some prep in the kitchen at um, Alinea in Chicago. And it's like, oh, my God. So cool. Crazy, right? Yeah. What yeah. people have for themselves and the, and the equipment they prefer and the stuff that they want, you know? Like, um, we opened, Christy and I opened up the Bellagio. And then walking through, like, Jean George's restaurant yeah. and walking through... Uh, Michael Mina's restaurant or something, you know, Todd English's is very different from everybody else's. You know what I'm saying? He's got like 12,000 ingredients that he uses, but um, in every dish, it's just amazing to see how, how that all sets up and how people want it. Yeah. Yeah. I did prep in a Michael Mina kitchen actually in Vegas too. And it's like, you know, when it's a $2 million kitchen, it's pretty cool. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Two million. Was that the Bellagio one or was that? It was the Aria one. I uh-huh. think it was Aria. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how much it was, but it's like, it's got to be a couple million. Oh, that quick, I, like, I have. Well, the Bellagio when we were there was $2 billion to do the hotel. I can't imagine. They had 3,500 employees in food and beverage when we opened. It's <laughs> crazy. Sick, right? Yeah. And all like the Le Cirque guys were there. So the Maccioni's were there. Right across the fucking hallway from me, Todd English was like a like a hundred yards. Uh, Julian Serrano, formerly of Maso, was downstairs down the escalators to the left. Jean George was down the escalators to the right. Uh, we had a, a Le Cirque and we had a Chirco. We had, I mean, wow. Yeah. Do you know who Elizabeth Blau is? Mm-mm. Elizabeth Blau owns a couple of restaurants in Vegas now, and um, but she was, the, she is probably the most powerful person that I've ever met in this industry. And as a woman, she's just like way beyond, like you kind of remind me of her. She's got this style and this, just this way, this culture about her. Anyway, she put every one of those deals together for Steve Wynn, every Whoa, one of them. Dude. She yeah. went out, imagine that job going out and you're recruiting Jean-Georges. Yeah. 
for your place. Listen. Yeah. I'm going to build a $2 million hotel. Yeah. You come with me. <laughs> JG. So- come on. <laughs> I worked for Jean George at Chambers. Oh, that's right. I have that here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who else was there? Dude went out to Dansky? Dan- Chris Damsky. Damsky. Yeah. He's a great chef. Yeah. 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 Great dude. He's still in Hawaii, I think, right? Maybe? Yeah. Yep. And um, Donald Gonzalez. You know what? Donald Gonzalez never remembers who I am. <laughs> I have a funny story about this. I just saw him over here. He was at the farmer's market the other day. So we're at an event and Donald Gonzalez walks by me and I go, hey, chef. And he goes, hey, man, how's the fried chicken business going? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not fucking Nick oh Rancone, dude. And I'm like, great. What? You know, I'm great. <laughs> I always play that off. I also had Kieran walk up to me in the Lexington. And I'm like, hey, Kieran, how you doing? He's like, oh, I love what you're done with the place. He thought I owned it. I'm like, thanks, man. It was a lot of hard work, you know? <laughs> fucking Kieran. It's cuter when it's Kieran. <laughs> it's cuter when it's Kieran. Yeah. yeah, he can say fucking anything and with an accent. Yeah. That dude's rad. That dude's rad. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't give so a many, fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. So many good people in this town, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you were talking There's about There's a couple losers thing. in this town as well. God damn Let's it. get on that topic. <laughs> Speaking of losers, <laughs> who's your biggest loser? <laughs> no, when you're talking about Vegas, it's like, I'm, it's like, it feels so good to have heroes. Yes. It feels so good. Yes. And so many of them, I saw so many of them. Yeah. And I, you know, like I, I miss, I miss that. Yeah. I, they all didn't turn into heroes either, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's you know, true. Some of this culture, the chef culture, really kind of provided people a, a, a an avenue to go the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. And some of our heroes are not anymore. Yeah. To tear down your idols sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of move on from them. I spoke with Allison Arth the other day. <gasps> yes. When I mentioned your name, she's like, ooh. I'm going to do the same thing about her name. <laughs> She's um, incredible. What a Just for badass. everyone in our industry, they need to know that Allison Arth is a resource to them. Yes. And that's kind of why I'm bringing changing. it up. Yeah. Okay. So can I talk about it a little bit? Because I don't Heck know. yeah. Okay. So here's topic. Allison Arth. She comes to yeah. town, you know, having opened up all of these amazing restaurants, uh, starts a business, writes a book, does all this stuff, right? Speaking of heroes. Yeah. Speaking of heroes. Yep. In our own path. Yeah. Holy shit. What a powerhouse. Yeah. And elegant. Yeah. And smart and grounded. And aligned with herself like she's just Allison. Yes. Yeah. So she does leadership coaching. Mm-hmm. And then so I brought you up and like she says she meets with you. Yeah. About about leadership. Mm-hmm. And how is that going? Do you mind if I ask? Heck yeah. Do you work with her? No, or, I don't. Okay. I might. Yeah. I think she maybe was... Wondering. Yeah. I don't know why we met exactly. We just wanted to talk about shit. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, maybe she never would pitch anything like that. Like necessarily. She she didn't. It was just a conversation. But yeah. Maybe I should. You should. Honestly. I'm on my, I'm on a year. She, I think my first program was six months and now I'm just finishing up my next six. Maybe it was a year. I don't know. I don't have a concept of time, but I'm in my second. Like So the first cycle of programming was um, business development. And now I'm in personal development program. And it's really fucking hard. <laughs> like, it's so hard. It's actually some of the hardest work I've ever done. I mean, but 
it's pretty life changing. Is this kind of that boiling it down or distilling that that kind of who you are, that sense of you know where you want to go, like what's next, or is it more like just kind of imparting you more in your business? Or I mean, what you know what I mean? Like, so the business part I get development, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of setting the goal plan. where you're headed. Yeah. Yep. And then the personal stuff now. That is that harder than the business stuff, do you think? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's all the same because they're not separate. Right. It's intertwined you know? completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you do you you know, there is vision planning in those pieces and learning tools and skills for leadership and all of that. Um, but I almost don't really know how to paint the picture because it's so dynamic that I can't paint the picture. But I can say that it's put me on a path of thinking about everything in such a different way that it's it feels so, I don't know, there's not a way to describe it without it sounding trite or something, but. Perspective? Not perspective. It's, I don't know, it's, I, it's I'm becoming really truly aligned with why I want my business what I want it to do in my life, what I want my life to look like, and why, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, so it's a lot more of that than like, here's the vision I have for the revenue of my company or anything like that. So it's like solving all of these way more important, deeper, easily overlooked things that sort of like answer a whole bunch of other questions in your right. business really easily and organically but like so instead of like constantly worrying about things every day all the time you're sort of like setting these structures in your business and in your life so that you've made these decisions i mean and i'm describing like basic vision planning but it's just it's it's really dynamic it's really deep work it's really she's it's really empathetic it's really tailored to me i know it's tailored to everyone she works with it's expensive. Well, to me, it's expensive. I think we all have a different version yeah. of expensive. Um, it's the it's the best money I've ever, ever, ever spent for my business and for myself. Yeah, people just... The value of counsel is so important. Again, none of us do this alone, right? And then who would you take as counsel? You know, we have to be very careful who we take as counsel. Yeah. We have to be able, you know, like... People have asked me questions and I'm very careful to say, hey, well, this is only my perspective. But finding counsel with somebody is really important. Yeah. And and it, it can be centering and it can be illuminating, like seeing sides of things you didn't see before mm-hmm. with you. And why. And like you said, those questions, why? Like, why, why are you doing it this way? Yeah. And it's nice to get poked at a little bit. Yeah. As a leader, you tend to, you tend not to have, you tend to be doing the poking and kind of figuring out you know, like as a leader, you know, who's who you can motivate and where and how to get the end result to be the way you want it. There's so many people you don't you don't do it alone, right? You never do any of this alone, but you have to like you have to, you know, really get a little bit deeper than just we cook food. Yeah. And it cause it's just not that easy. It's really layered. Yeah. And I when I spoke with Allison this weekend, it was kind of like, you know, I have a very different viewpoint than a chef might or you know i'm a business i'm an entrepreneur i'm a restaurateur you know i'm not exactly i'm not a chef you know but i just think that it's interesting you know how people you know what people consider is is uh real parts of this business 
because we have unraveled things a little bit over the last couple of years too. So if you need counsel, it makes sense to kind of go and kind of put your arms around where we are now and where you are now, because we've kind of come through this moment of change. And I feel like I'm starting to get my feet back on the ground and I understand what my path is, but it's also like, you know, it's really hard to, you know, make sure, you know, yeah. and I, did, I made this decision to be here in this podcast because I know that I need to, there's, there's, a, I know there's a connection that I need to make now, yeah. you know, and this is part of my evolution. And so I, I love, I love that you're doing this, that you're seeking it out. Allison Arth, Salt and Row. Yep. Right. She yeah. just has, she has a partner, Kimberly, now that just started. Yep. Or I don't know. They've no, been, they've been together they've been for together. years. They've been together. That's right. That's how yep. she. Kimberly's based in San Francisco. Yes. And now, now here? Or no. Is she in they're San... distance. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry, Kimberly. You've been around for a long time and we know this. And Kimberly, we love you. Kimberly, we love you. <laughs> Allison, we love you too. Allison, that's, it's really cool though that you're spending the time, you're investing in details about yourself. Yeah. And I, I truly, it, now I'm accustomed to having her in my life and as a, uh, support system but also as a teacher and you know she's also teaching me to like kind of poke at myself mm -hmm. a lot which is what's really hard and painful but when I first started I just was so overwhelmed with why didn't I know that this resource was available to me five years ago like how do we not know this well it wasn't mm -hmm. but I just I do these careers are really painful yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. like really, really painful. Yeah. And <clears throat> we do lean on each other a lot, but like to have a professional, um, beautifully built system kind of situation yeah. that you can like really do the work and see some results is pretty cool. Like yeah. we're really like genuinely blessed that she's choosing to do this work and in our community, mm -hmm. like it's really cool. Yeah. Most of us have some really big strengths, right? And then most of us have things that we're really working on. It's really hard to find someone that kind of, you know, has it all. And so therefore, but we need to consider all of it. And so I think, you know, what I, what I felt from Allison was, was that she's helping you can consider all of it, you know, like, and honing it in mm -hmm. and finding focus. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in our industry just, you know, don't know how to run a business. A lot of people in our industry don't know how to cook as well, you know, like, and what's more important, I don't know, you know, like whatever the sustainability process is yeah, for you. It's running a business. Yeah. <laughs> so it's more important. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, well, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you got to keep it going. Yeah. I want to see you, it's a totally different subject. I want to see you cook fight somebody. I want to see you in a cook fight. I want you to go up against somebody and like beat the shit out of them with your skills. <laughs> And like, like I, UFC style <laughs> cook fight. Is there somebody that you'd like to take down? No. Come on. No. Take them down. Cook them off the planet. No? Like. You're not competitive like that? Uh-uh. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I still want to see you cook fight somebody. I mean, I'm a little bit like, I know when I do things really well. <laughs> Hell no, yeah, I'm not competitive. Can. Not really. I don't know. Maybe I am. I definitely don't want to like have a smackdown with anyone. I do. Isn't that I want boring. To, no, no. <sighs> that's what I want. That that's what I want. I want you to smack them down. I that is the the cook smackdown. <laughs> so damaging. I have a bunch we don't of need people. any more damage. I have a bunch of people. I love you. Just smack the shit. 
you know. I mean, once in a while, there's like a line cook, and I just want to be like, I will. I know you think I'm like an old lady, but I will come over and like make you feel pretty bad about your skills. Silly. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna make you feel silly, little boy. Yeah. Move over. I want to see that. Okay. In any uh, form, it doesn't really have to be like an on TV competition or whatever. But I want to see you smack somebody down with your food. That's awesome. I did send a chef home one day, or a, cook, a line cook home one day for I can't remember what, but. He was working in the grill station and I was like, I was like, you got to go. And he like looked at me and he's like, who's going to work my station? And I was like, I am. And he said something like, do you know how? I was like, what? Don't come back. Yeah. Don't. Don't yeah. come back. Do you know how? Do yeah. I know how? Yeah. I provided you this grill. Yeah. I say yeah. shit like I invented brunch. Yeah. I don't have anything yeah. like that. I'll take over your station. I say, oh, what do you mean? I'm good at this. I invented brunch. But you invented... Uh, uh, I, I I love I love uh, some of those those tense moments in our work when it's just not working out and you can't you can't recover and so somebody has to leave. It's just the easiest thing to do sometimes. Oh yeah, you, yeah. you step off the line, step off the line. Yeah, people people have a hard time being spoken to directly anymore, and it's really really hard to do it. Yep. It's really important. I think that the way that I do it is like, please don't ever do that again. Thank you. That's perfect. Please don't ever do that again. Yeah. That's embarrassing. That embarrassed me. But you did embarrass me. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That was embarrassing. We don't do that here. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's, it sounds like I'm talking to a child or whatever. But at the same time, there are certain times where in the moment you need to like, I'm like, I tell everybody that works for me, you're going to get notes like all day. Like maybe not, maybe, but be ready because I'm going to come back and be like, this looks a little small. Yeah. Or, or please, you know, like there's still things where we consider how we stand at tables, you know, like, you know, come on. Yeah, your I mean, that's a form of love, right? Like, yes, it's like, come on, yeah. and, and pride. Yeah, and pride. Totally, Yeah, totally. If it's you just, ignored it and let them, like, be a jackass, like, what, you're not... Where's no. your standard? Yeah. And I think we're developing back into our standard. And, and not that we got kicked down or whatever, but I just think it's harder to find it and maintain it. Yeah. In, in the restaurant environment these days. Yeah, the focus is a little different right Focus now. is a little different. And that's okay, it's gonna balance you know like we need a little chaos i think to let things shake out like chaos can create order Sift. or solutions it, yeah, or whatever it's like sifting through and things will fall a little more evenly hopefully yeah yeah well we'll see yeah they will i mean i've said it a couple times i really don't want to open a restaurant right now <laughs> i just want to maintain what i have yeah i just you know if i can you know like do that yeah you know but i i mean i just love it i love this so much and i love Again, you know, like, I don't want to just put you up there, but you help this town, like, have the idea that there's more out there than just what we normally do. And that's a big deal. So I love that you're asserting in a very different way on top of a skill that is so cool, Jamie. Thank you. Ah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we need you. Yeah, we need you. And don't forget it. And, and this is just... You know, like I said, I didn't, I didn't really get to anything here. I'm so glad this was like, I was a little nervous and I usually use my notes a lot, but I, you know, this just felt really natural and, 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 and good. And I'm glad to know that you're doing well. Glad to know that you're, you still have those details in your mind all the time. Cause it makes me shoot for a level above, you know, like what I do on a normal day. So you give me a place to like look to. We all do that for each other. Yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you yes. truly do that for me too. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It means a lot to me. Yeah. And I don't know how that's true, but it's means a lot to me. I am I am just 
so glad that we had a, a chance to, to talk about this. Just one more thing. Your love of wares. Mm -hmm. Glassware, silverware. Yeah. And those fine points. Yeah. And you rent them even yeah. to people. Yeah. You ever been to Joe Palin? Oh, yeah. Amazing. It's one of my favorite yeah. restaurant museums ever. ever. Yeah. And Joe is also an artifact. Yep. So you... Yep. So do you go in there? Have you bought things like little silver trays or anything from there? Like you've been back in that little silver room in the back? Oh, yeah. Where all yeah. those antique knives and things are. And it's just like, how did you even? And there's no price on anything. Yeah. It's impossible to buy something. It is. Imp it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. To buy Joe, I want this. Yeah. He's I'll like, oh, God knew that. <laughs> yeah. That knew would be like $400. So this <laughs> <Yeah>. is three eighty-five. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, it's got rust on it, bro. Like, I'm going to polish the shit out of this thing for hours. Yeah. To make it come back to life. Yeah. Then there's the place across the street, the Arch Architectural Salvage. Have you been there? I haven't been there. That's where I found Eric Anderson and I actually found it together, the bar for Grand Cafe. Craziness. Yeah, that cool bar. And then what's there's another Brothers. Bauer Brothers. Bauer Brothers. Yeah. What a magical place. And oh, I, you can so find cool. details anywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You place them on the table beautifully for people, and you you set the table beautifully for people. What is your favorite piece of you know some sort of wear or whatever? Ooh, um, oh, I have one actually. This is cute. Um, Tim McKee was my boss at Sea Change, and he this is like so long ago, and I was so just like new, you know. And he's my hero, and was my hero, is my hero. But he gifted me. Um, this like French blue vintage oyster knife that I just like, I Amazing. broke the tip off of it. Don't tell Tim, oh. but like, yeah, it's like, it's just like, I just, I don't know. I love it. Gavin's got his spoons, you know, you have an oyster uh, knife. Yeah. I, I just think there's something about this. These. Yeah. I love them. The little scalloped edges. These came from Minnetonka Country Club at an auction. And when, you know, we went in for like the viewing day and yeah. the people that were, it was really sad. The people that were there working for years and years and years providing banquets and things with these things were there helping them auction this stuff off. And so here I am rummaging through their memories. How many weddings has this been used for? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I attach emotion, I think a little bit like you do, to to these types of things. Yeah. And the totally. little dainty handle and the way that it even curves a little bit here for your thumb, you know, like it's just, there's just like these details. And I love that you love those. Yeah. And then when there's a story, just that's, again, that's what we do. Yes. You know, I have Minnetonka Country Club plates here from like 30, they're like 25. That's what we use. Yeah. I don't know. I bought some new plates, but yeah, very I don't few. like new plates. Yeah. These are really cute. Thanks. Yeah. Jamie, you're really cute. Aw. I appreciate you're really cute. you. Thank you. This has been a total pleasure. And I learned stuff and I I I'm just um happy to know that you're out there and we can all kind of like take some notes on what you do and show it, maybe bring it to our own businesses and add those elements of experience and romance and things and so you inspire me to consider things differently and I appreciate you for it. Thank you. You got it, Jamie Malone. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. You're yeah. super fun. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Thanks mm. for doing this podcast too. Like it's very soothing and it feels like medicine to listen to. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You're like so nice need, to me. It's yeah, we all need it.
Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Jamie. Yeah. That makes it all the more worth it. Cool. All right. Thanks for your joining us, Jamie and I, on Niver Niverland. Niver Niverland is a production of Gleam Tower Media in partnership with Tim Niver. If you live in the Twin Cities, consider making a trip to one of Tim's wonderful restaurants in St. Paul, St. Dinette in Lower Town, or Mucci's Italian in West 7th. Also, keep on the lookout for Mucci's frozen pizza at select grocery stores in Minnesota. By the way, our fourth season is starting very soon, so keep an eye out for that. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.